Have you ever felt it? That excitement, that hum that reaches into the very base of your stomach and makes your whole body feel alive? Well, your life can feel like that. Each week, I'll be sharing ways your personal wellness journey can lead you to a life that literally makes you hum. We'll be diving into all things nutrition, mindset, connection, spirituality and relationships to encourage you to be courageous and brave with your life and most importantly, unashamedly you. Together, let's find your hum. Hi, I'm Kirsty and welcome to episode 10 of Find Your Hum. This episode is a continuation of episode 8, where I dived into how nutrition can support your fitness and movement goals through focusing on fat loss. The reason for that was because it is often the case, if you are having trouble shifting stubborn fat, this is a really good sign that your body is not working optimally. This can help us look to areas that may be hindering your progress towards your goals and provide support in these areas to get you back to being your best. In that episode, I did speak a little on the effects that stress can have on the body and how in turn inflammation can trigger our bodies to not work optimally. In this episode, I'm going to dive into how the period after your training can help you now those fitness and movement goals you have through mitigating the effects that stress and inflammation causes. Much like in episode 8, this applies to everyone who is moving their bodies. From those seeking world titles, to those wanting to PB in a race, or those simply wanting to be in their best health. Now this podcast, as always, is meant for information only. This is in no way advice for your particular concern. If you would like further help, please get in contact with me through the links in the show notes. And remember, if you are loving a Find Your Hum, please leave me a review in your podcast player or tell your friends about it. I really want to be able to help as many people as I can live a life that makes them hum. Now, I found a very common thread through most people that I have had the pleasure of helping achieve their goals. And this applies to anyone who trains, whether it be for themselves or for a set goal. And that is that there is a huge focus on the training or racing aspect. They give it their all. Where there is less of a focus is that recovery part. And quite honestly, this is the most important part for ongoing performance and longevity. When we have a goal we are reaching with our fitness and movement, we often have the ability to nail the structured side of our training plan. Now, this plan could be one that you've devised yourself, or it could be something more formal done by or with a trainer. Unfortunately, most people don't see the importance or value in the recovery phase. In fact, I've seen so many people who cut short their cooldown just so they can rush off at the end of a training session. Now, I'm not going to go back over the effects of stress in our bodies because I did cover that in episode 8, so head back there if you missed it. But if you did listen to that episode, you will remember that I spoke about adrenaline and that it is released in times of acute stress. Well, that feeling of having to get your workout finished and rush off to work or to home, to an appointment, or just generally to get on with the rest of your life can be a trigger for this adrenaline. Our nervous system has two main arms, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. The sympathetic side is known as our flight or fight. Adrenaline and cortisol sit in this sympathetic side. The parasympathetic side is also known as our rest, digest and repair system. When we are in this state, our body feels safe and this allows it to be working to keep us at our best. 
As it states, it's a side of our nervous system that allows our body to properly digest, extract and use the nutrients from our food. It is also the part of our nervous system that repairs any damage that has been done. Now, any kind of workout is in essence damaging the body. When we resistance train, we are breaking muscle fibers down so they can rebuild stronger. When we are cardio training, we are increasing our oxygen capacity. But oxygen can be damaging to ourselves through oxidization, and we need to ensure that this is repaired. We do need to stress our bodies so they can upgrade, but we also really need to make sure that we are mitigating and balancing that stress with proper recovery. Now the kicker here is you can't be in both the sympathetic and parasympathetic states at the same time. So if you are triggered into that flight or fight state, your body cannot be working to keep you well, energized or repairing any damage. Unfortunately, in today's world, we are spending more and more time in the heightened fight or flight state. And with so many people experiencing unrestful sleep, we aren't even able to move into the rest and digest state overnight. The first step to ensuring good recovery is to make sure that you are moving yourself back from that heightened flight or fight state into that rest, digest and repair state as quickly as possible. And the best way to do this is to not skip your cool down. Do not rush your cool down. You need to make time for this. In fact, you are better off to skip the last five minutes of your workout to ensure that you have the time and the presence for your cool down. And this should include some nice deep breaths. I mean, big belly breaths and moments of stillness. So hold your stretches, go in, block out what you have coming up next in your day. Give yourself, give your body the chance to be able to switch into that parasympathetic state. The importance of this shift is even more paramount if you are eating or chucking back a protein shake shortly after your training. When we are in the sympathetic side of our nervous system, blood is diverted away from our digestion and out to our arms and legs. This is a primitive response. If you were in a sympathetic state thousands of years ago, you were probably in a situation where you were confronted with actual danger that threatened your life. This would have prompted you to fight or run. Hence why we now refer to it as our fight or flight response. So if you are still in this state when you consume food or your shake after a workout or training session, your body will not be receiving the goodness from your food. Not only will you be not receiving the nutrients from your food, your digestion isn't equipped to deal with what's coming in. This can trigger inflammation within your digestive system. It can make your gut permeable, meaning that the food you are consuming or the bacteria in your gut can make its way into your blood system. And whilst this instantly isn't a problem, the more you do this, the more overloaded your body becomes trying to deal with this, and that's when the problems can start. I know I've said it a few times, but head back to episode 8 if you would like a little more information on how inflammation and stress can impact your digestion. If you tuned into your body, you would often find that after a particularly hard training session, you wouldn't actually want to eat. Your body is telling you that your digestive system is not prepared for the food. This is also why you can throw up or feel like you're about to throw up when you've pushed your body to its limits. It's your body wanting to empty out your system. If there is food in there, your body has competing demands between your digestion and working your arms, legs, heart and lungs. If we look back to that primitive response, why would your body care about digesting food if it thought you may not survive the attack? 
And of course, ensuring that you keep fueling your breath, your heart beating, and your arms and legs moving is going to take preference over digesting food. Now, we need those nutrients after we drained. Like I said, exercise is a stress on the body, a healthy stress if we manage it appropriately. That appropriate management does include giving the body the nutrients it needs to repair and rebuild. One of the biggest needs of our body to help it rebuild is protein. Protein, all the amino acids that proteins are broken down into, are the building blocks for our muscles. Well, they're actually the building blocks of pretty much everything in our body, but let's focus particularly on muscles here. Including a source of protein in your post-workout meal is extremely important. Actually, having protein at every meal is important. Studies have shown that regular amounts of protein throughout the day, post-resistance training, help stimulate the building of muscle, which we need to ensure to help maintain its size. And I don't mean sizes in bulking. Sure, you can use protein to bulk, but we need to maintain our muscle mass for general overall good health. And as we age, this naturally declines which is why resistance training and protein are so important no matter what age you are or what your movement and fitness goals are. It's advised to have around 20 to 25 grams of protein within the hour of finishing training. Then depending on your goals, you need to continue to consume protein at different intervals during the day. And this is where working with a nutritionist who understands the body and your goals is really helpful. Depending on your goals and the kind of training that you do, the requirement your body has for protein could be anywhere from like a one gram of protein per kilo of body weight all the way up to 2.5 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. Now a person who weighs 75 kilos, that could be the difference between 75 grams of protein a day right up to 187 grams of protein a day. This is a huge difference. Why a one size approach to nutrition never works. We are all different with different goals. So why that 20 to 25 grams of protein? Well, your body actually can't absorb more than that 20 to 25 grams of protein at any one time. So don't think more is better in one sitting. It will literally pass through your system unused and you'll only end up peeing it out. But if I didn't convince you before that you needed to cool down properly, maybe this will persuade you. The thing is that protein is first broken down into the amino acids that our body uses by the acid in our stomachs. This is actually a very vital first step to ensuring that you are able to absorb and use those amino acids. If not, they can literally pass through your body having no effect at all. And that stomach acid is affected by stress. We need a nice, strong and robust stomach acid if we want to be able to properly metabolize our protein. If we want to be able to break it down and it to be absorbed properly. We don't want to be in a stressful state when we eat. We need to be in that parasympathetic state. So bottom line, don't skip the cool down. And whilst we are on the gut, it's a good time to chat about immunity in regards to training. If you find that you often suffer with niggling colds, sore throats, sinus style headaches, as you either ramp up your training or after a race or a game, this is a great indication that maybe your gut isn't so great or that you haven't properly addressed the level of inflammation within your system from your training. As 80% of our immune system is on the outside of our guts, if our digestive system is inflamed, then this has an immediate impact on your immunity. It will also hamper your recovery. You may be thinking, how can my immune system hamper my recovery? The most obvious one would be not being able to train whilst you're not feeling well. Another reason is that when their muscles begin to break down, 
our immune system will send in some of its soldiers to the site to bring it to the attention of the rest of our body. This is why not all inflammation is bad. We need it. It is a great signal for our bodies. When it does become a problem is when it doesn't get turned off. The signals provided by the immune system alert the body to send the appropriate amino acids, enzymes, vitamins and minerals to rebuild the muscles that we have damaged. It also recruits the antioxidants that we need to repair any oxidative stress that has been inflicted onto the cells of our bodies. When our gut is inflamed, not only does this divert our immune system away from signaling our bodies that we need to repair our muscles and our cells, it also means our immune system is not well equipped to deal with any bugs or viruses that may be around, so the chances of you picking up something are increased. So if you notice this is a pattern for you, look to address any inflammation that may be coming from your digestive system as an initial starting point. Now muscle recovery is super important when doing any type of training. Even cardio training can result in the need for your muscles to recover. And whilst protein is key, so are carbohydrates. When you use your muscles, you deplete their glycogen stores. Now glycogen is a form of glucose and glucose is the basic form of carbohydrate. To assist in their recovery, you want to help replenish this as quickly as possible. The replenishing of glycogen can actually help you preserve muscles and accelerate your recovery. Depending on what type of training you have done and how long that training session has been, you have a defined window of time in which your muscles are open to using the carbohydrate you eat to replenish its stores of glycogen. There are four different nutrient timing protocols, all with differing intensities and time to ensure that you are effectively replenishing that glycogen. These are protocols that I used when working with athletes at Holistic Endurance. When we replace the glycogen, we want to use whole food, high energy carbohydrates. This includes things like bananas, quinoa, potatoes, honey, and brown rice. So let me give you a little example. Say you've done a high intensity session that has your heart rate around that sort of 75 to 80% for at least 25% of your session, and that that session was less than 75 minutes. Then you have around three hours from the start of your session to consume your high energy carbohydrates and replace that glycogen. So say you did your training session after work at 5.30 and then it went for about an hour and it included some high intensity efforts, you would have till around 8.30 to replenish that glycogen. Another often overlooked contributor to recovery is the liver. All of the byproducts of the degradation and repair of your muscles are processed by the liver. So we need this to be in top working order. In fact, as nutritionists, your liver function tests can tell us a lot about what could be hampering your recovery. I'll give you some examples. Aniline aminotransferase, or ALT, is a direct indicator of your liver's function and health. Aspartate aminotransferase, or AST, lets us know how your muscles are faring. Albumin, that's the main protein produced by your liver, and if it's low, it can indicate that there may be some malnourishment present or that the body is fighting an infection. It could also indicate some dysbiosis in the gut or that the liver is overworking trying to fix the oxidative stress caused by your training. Gobulins, another protein, among other areas, are used in your immune system. When they trend high, it could be another sign of gut dysbiosis or low secretory IgA. And now this maintains the mucosal defense system that lines our respiratory and digestive systems. 
The importance of both these areas I've already spoken about. The liver function test can also help point to possible deficiencies that can hamper recovery, such as magnesium, vitamin C, or zinc. Our liver is responsible for ensuring that key antioxidants our body needs to reverse oxidative stress are made and released. Keeping this organ healthy is super important for recovery. This is a test that when ordered through your doctor will almost always come back with nothing significant on it. And trust me, this is good. You do not want any level of liver disease. However, when I look at these tests, for instance, I'm not looking for a particular condition or disease. Of course, I can recognize them if they are present, but my main focus is on the optimal working of your liver and the indicators that this test and its results can give me in making a plan to ensure you are recovering. Our liver also stores some of our body's glycogen, which can be depleted during our training. So it's also just as important to get this replenished to help its working as it is for our muscles. So whilst I know it is very tempting to head to the pub after a game or a race to celebrate, just be mindful of the amount of alcohol you are consuming. And if you are anything like my sister, when I told her this, you may want to turn me off right about now. And I totally understand that. But the fact of the matter is, you will be hampering your recovery with each drink that you consume. And now that you have the information, you can do with it what you like. Just think though, that a celebratory drink is a lot different to a heavy binge session. When I've looked at liver function tests before and spoke with clients about the potential of malnourishment, they do sometimes give me a bit of a blank stare. You can literally see them thinking, isn't malnourishment only for those living in poverty? Unfortunately, it's not, and I'm seeing more and more of it across all people I treat. Now, with respect to those that come and see me with their fitness and movement goals, this can come from not replacing the energy that they have used. Yep, I have added back food into people's diets and seen them flourish with their ability to train, their recovery, and they have even managed to lose some of that stubborn body fat. Remember from episode 8, if your body thinks that food is scarce, it will slow down your system so it can preserve its energy, making it not only harder to perform but also recover. The malnourishment could also be in regards to particular nutrients, either our macronutrients such as protein, carbs or fats, or our micronutrients such as vitamins or minerals. Each one of us will have a differing level of requirements for those depending on the training that you're doing, the symptoms you're experiencing, and what else you have happening in your life outside of your training. I find magnesium is always a big one. All of ourselves have little switches on them. Calcium turns these switches on to get them to work. Magnesium turns them off. And we have so much happening in our lives nowadays that we need a lot of magnesium to get all those switches turned off. And with competing demands in our body for this magnesium, the switches in our muscles aren't always top priority. So you don't have to be training hard or intensely to need a little boost with some of these nutrients. It could be other areas of your life that are hampering your recovery. And honestly, this is one of the reasons I love doing what I do. I get to be a little detective and search out the clues that can help you feel at your best. As I said right back at the beginning, we need our bodies to be in the parasympathetic side of our nervous system so that we can optimize recovery. And the single thing that will stop that is anything that triggers us into the sympathetic side of our nervous system. So you really need to address what other stresses you have in your life and how best to ensure they're dealt with. It's not that stress is bad. Stress can be healthy. It can move us to be better versions of ourselves. It becomes detrimental to our health when that stress is activated often and for long periods of time. 
I had a really good chat with Anthony Harcher back in episode three, Managing Stress During Uncertain Times, in which he gave some really good advice in dealing with stress when it arises. So I really would encourage you to go back and listen to that if you haven't already, or maybe even re-listen to it. But for a really simple and easy in-the-moment way to get yourself back into parasympathetic state of rest, digest, and repair is through breathing. Yep, those deep belly breaths. In fact, I encourage all the people I work with who have an above average level of stress, and sadly I would say this would be about 95% of them, to stop and do three to five deep belly breaths as often as they can. Before they eat is always a big one, after training, which is why I mentioned it when I was talking about the cool down, in the car before you start it, when you switch it off, and definitely before bed. At night time, I like clients to do their deep belly breaths with some legs up the wall. If you haven't done this before, it is honestly heaven. Go and try it. You simply lay on your side with your legs tucked up and scoot your bottom as close as you can to the wall. Then roll onto your back and shoot your legs up the wall. 10 minutes like this with deep belly breaths and maybe either a meditation or some music if you can't switch your brain off is truly magic. You want to head into sleep in that parasympathetic state so you can ensure you are getting the most from your hours of shut-eye. Actually, I think I'd like you to do some breaths with me now. So we will breathe in for four counts and out for six counts. Now, if you can, close your eyes. Obviously, if you're driving or doing something that you can't, that's fine. You can keep them open. But if you can, shut them down. Now, I want you to breathe in. Take your breath past your heart, into your lungs, and then down into your lower belly to that area between your hips. And then let it out slowly. Two, three, four, five, six. And in again, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four, five, six. And last time in, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four, five, six. Now, hopefully, you have felt the shift as your body has switched back into that really parasympathetic state. Now, a few key nutrients in food that can assist with your recovery. I've already spoken about protein and carbohydrates and the timing of these. Just remember, it's all about quality. You really are what you eat. Due to the oxidative stress that can occur during exercise, ensure that you're having a variety of foods that contain antioxidants. Glutathione is our main antioxidant that our liver makes. Now, this needs selenium and B6 to help its production. Now, Brazil nuts are an amazing source of selenium, so having six to eight of these a day will ensure that you are getting your hit of selenium. And B6 can be found in grass-fed meats, dark leafy greens, eggs, pistachios, and seafood. Vitamin C is a great way to help your adrenals and that stress response, as well as your immune system, and it is also a powerful antioxidant. Now, the food highest in vitamin C is actually capsicum or peppers, not oranges. And kiwi fruit actually also ranks higher than the humble orange. So ensure that you are getting a wide variety of sources for your vitamin C. Other antioxidant-rich foods include goji berries, blueberries, cranberries, my favourite, dark chocolate. And I do mean dark here, you want at least 70% cocoa. And my favourite way to have this dark chocolate is it covered over berries. It's so good. 
and pecans and eggplants are also great. Then to help with inflammation, look to include omega-3 fatty acids such as oily fish, so salmon, sardines and mackerel. Also seeds such as flax seeds, chia seeds, sesame seeds, hemp seeds and also walnuts. Folate is also powerful to help with inflammation. Here again we have our dark leafy greens, particularly spinach, but also black-eyed peas, asparagus, avocado and Brussels sprouts. And before you screw your nose up at Brussels sprouts, I highly suggest heading over to the website to check out my tahini roasted Brussels sprouts. I will put a link to them in the show notes too, and they are pretty damn tasty. And with the tahini, you are also dishing up a serve of sesame seeds as well. Remember, it doesn't matter what your fitness and movement goal is. Recovery is just as important as the actual training. In fact, I think it could be more important. If you don't recover well or properly, you won't be able to back up to your next session at your best. Those niggling injuries will continue to flare and the incidences of those pesky colds and sore throats will continue to increase. Recovery is also just as important whether you are 15 or 50. Sure, when we're 15, we can bounce back easier. Our bodies haven't had the physical, mental and emotional wear and tear. But if we look after our bodies and respect the recovery side of our fitness and movement goals, we will be able to continue to show up and train at 50 like we did when we were younger. I have seen it. People in their 60s smashing PBs. People in their 30s showing up for training for Ultraman events day after day and then putting their bodies through those grueling events and not have their bodies break down and not have their immune systems compromised. I've also seen 15-year-olds battle injury after injury. It really all comes down to the individual. Now, I hope the past 25 minutes or so has provided you with a few aha moments. And if you would like any further help with your training and recovery, no matter what your goal is, please get in touch with me. I know that you can improve the way you are feeling and smash out any of those goals that you have. Cheers for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Hum. Don't forget to subscribe. Oh, and tell your mates about it.